should have all the information that you need in the bulletin that you received today. If you have any questions after reading it, make sure you check out somebody that's wearing an I'm an owner lanyard and they can answer any questions that you have. If you haven't downloaded the Destiny Church app, what are you waiting for? You're missing out on so much information that can help you stay up to date with what's going on. So get out your smartphone and look up Destiny Church Alabama. You can't miss us. Download us and you'll have exactly what you need to stay up to date. Here at Destiny, we also believe in worship through giving. We have several ways that you can give today. There will be baskets available at each door at the end of service. You can give at the kiosk in the foyer. You can even use the app that you just downloaded or go online. Have you ever wondered how to get plugged in here at Destiny and join our family? The answer is Next Steps. Next Steps is a class that happens every Sunday at 9 a.m. in the conference room in the foyer. It's a four-week class where you get to learn the vision and mission of Destiny Church as well as your spiritual gifts and what God designed you to do. How awesome is that? If you haven't taken this step yet, go to Connection Point and sign up today or just show up. And if it's 9 a.m., hey, you can go on out there if you want and just join us for our 11 o'clock service. It is fasting time, guys. We are right in the middle of it, our first week in, and aren't you so excited? If you would like to join us for prayer, our sanctuary will be open from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. every day. It's a come and go, so if you only have 10 minutes, stop on by. Every minute of prayer counts. You can also join us for corporate prayer on Saturdays at 9 a.m. We'll all come together for a powerful one-hour prayer service. You don't want to miss it. Guess what next week is, guys? It's Baptism Sunday. It's been a while since we've had one, so if you've made a spiritual commitment to God or rededicated your life to Him, you want to take that next step and get baptized. It's going to be next Sunday at our 11 o'clock service. So don't miss out. You can sign up today at Connection Point or use that Destiny Church app. We want to make sure that we're prepared for you. One of our biggest events of the year is right around the corner. It's our EXO Conference. And here at Destiny, we believe in the power of strong, healthy marriages. So invest in yours today and sign up. It's only $50 per couple. And guess what, guys? It's on Valentine's Day this year. That's right, February 14th and 15th. Easy breezy Valentine's night. We'll have dinner. We'll have breakfast, food, education, spiritual growth, and reconnect with your spouse at this year's EXO Conference. That's all for this week. So stand up to your feet, come down front, and let's get ready to worship. You heard her come down front. Yeah, Michelle. <laughs> Oh, there. 
see our city dancing in the streets because they know the goodness of our God like we do. Thank you, Jesus, for that river. Let us come alive in that river. Make our city glad, God. Let us be the fragrance of your name that shows them it is possible to be glad in you, to dance in the streets unhindered. We're going to see it, guys. We're going to see the dancing in the streets. Hallelujah. Good morning. It is that time of our service that we do the Lord's Supper communion. And everyone that does not have the elements for communion, please raise your hands and the ushers will bring it to you. This is the time that I usually say prepare your hearts and your minds and to release anything. I'm not saying that this morning because I've read that scripture again and again and again and I read it differently now. And I don't think that's what that's part of that scripture means what at all, at all. I'm going to read it this morning. This is what it says. And it says, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So anyone who eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is, you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you all are weak and, and sick, and some have died. But if we examine ourselves, we would be, not be judged by God in this way. Listen, this is what he's saying. The word of God says that my people perish because of lack of knowledge. Right? So Jesus died for our sins. He already, he already did that. But he got up. He says, but when you practice this, he says, you are reminding the enemy that not only did I die, but I resurrected and I got up with all power. All power. I got up with your healing. He says that you are signifying. Proclaiming means to signify. Proclaiming means to teach. Proclaiming means to preach. Proclaiming means to demonstrate the power of God that are in this Lord's Supper that you are partaking. So when you take this, everything in you that is unlike God must flee. Everything must flee. So honor him by thinking at this very moment, thinking and thanking him for what he did for us, that he enabled us to walk upon this earth healthy and whole because he said that he came to give what life and to give it to us how? More abundantly. So raise these two elements up. Father, right now, bless this, Father this bread, bless this wine, this juice, Father God, that represents your new covenant, the covenant of your love. Father, your love that never fails, your love that's never ending, your love that has all power. Father, right now, bless it. Let it empower us, Father, to prosper in every area of our life. Father, I pray right now for signs, miracles, and wonders to happen in this place because of your body, because we're honoring your body and your blood this morning. We give you all honor, praise, and glory.
you have accomplished. Because what you accomplished is accomplishing right now in our bodies. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may partake. I'm 
Jesus steps on the scene, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Everything you need can happen here. Everything your heart needs is here. Everything you long for is here. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yes.
Lift up your hands towards heaven and tell him, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. In 2020, if you thought you could do without him, you're wrong. But in 2020, look up to heaven. Look to the hills from where all your help comes from. And you tell God to move in your life. All you have to do is make room and he will move. Unharden your hearts in 2020, destiny. If you don't know the Lord, today is the day. You cannot afford to wait another day. Today is your day. Let God move. He's willing. He's ready. Open your heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Come like the fire. Come like the wind. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in. Come like a fire. Come like a wind. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in right now. Come like a fire. Come on. Come like a wind. Invite him in. Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you you can't control it so when you sing that you're inviting him to come in meaning you're yielding your control that's our biggest problem but when we yield that and say come however you want like a fire I can't contain like a wind that I don't know where it's coming from or where it's going but I need it I know I need it yes Lord Yes, Lord, we welcome you in. Come on, tell him this morning you welcome him in. You welcome him in to your situation, to your life, to your family, to your job, to your school. We welcome you in, God. We yield to you. We yield our hearts to you this morning. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, we yield our hearts. 
Lord heals your heart this morning. We have a Savior that's so good at guarding it, healing it, mending it, defending it. You don't have to be afraid to yield it to him. Oh, Jesus. That you've even gone, my Lord. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. become my greatest defense and beats me from the tri-wilderness, yes, and all I did was praise, and all I did was worship, all I did was praise.
And I don't know about you, but but I've been in those places before where my pieces were scattered all over the place. I had no clue how I was going to get them all back together. I had no clue how anything good could happen out of anything that happened in my life. But when I lift up a praise, when I lift up a shout, when I worship the one and almighty God, woo! Come on, if God showed up in your life just a little bit, can we lift up a shout of praise in here? So good. So it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what you walked in here with today, the heaviness, whatever is on your heart. You could be dealing with depression. You could be dealing with anything. You're not going to walk out of here today like that if you just surrender it to God. If you just give it to him, if you just say, Lord, I need more of you. God, I need more of you in my life. I give it to you. I don't want to carry it to anymore. Ah, oh, so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. And we thank you that we get to come out and worship. We thank you that we have the freedom to do this, God. We thank you that, that we get to do this on a Sunday morning, Lord. So, Father, we say have your way in this place. Have your way in our lives. Have your will in our lives. Father, your will be done in this place, in our families, in our schools, in our city, in our churches. Father God, we just say have your way. Father, we just give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's all lift up a shout of praise. Come on. Oh, that's good. That's good. Let's give him what a king deserves. Come on, one more time. Yeah. Woo. So good. Man, I love seeing these kids in here. You guys are phenomenal worshipers. And I thank you for what you do. Way to set the atmosphere. That's what you do. You come in and set the atmosphere. So, hey, do me a favor. Take a little break. Find somebody you don't know. Tell them, welcome home.
Good morning, Destiny. How's everybody doing? Man, you guys are fired up. What a good morning, man. I just want to keep worshiping. I don't even want to preach right now. This is good stuff. Man, I just want uh, if you're new here, I'm DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on. We love our church. You guys are just amazing. I uh, absolutely love that. And I want to give a shout out to our online campus and especially all those that are scattered throughout the world. We have military members, everybody. We love you guys. We thank you. We're praying for you. And we just thank you for tuning in and joining us this morning online. So if, you're, if you just can't make it one Sunday, don't forget, you can always tune in online. But, man, I want you here because you can't experience what you just experienced when you're watching online. It just doesn't happen that way. So you need to show up, uh, show up and let God show up in your life. It's so good. Man, how's the 21 days prayer and fast going? Man, that's a positive response right there. That is good. That is good. I'm so fired up. I, I love, uh, I actually actually love the, the, the prayer and fasting. It just, I just love how God shows up when we just give it all to him and we just say, Lord, we just want more of you. Um, and, and, man, when you do that and you just make a way for God to move, he just moves. And, it, and I just love it. So maybe we'll do a 365-day prayer and fast. <laughs> I know. I still love y'all. Just it's okay. It's a challenge. We'll put it out there. Um, I love this. If you look around the room, we got some brand new crosses up. I'm telling you, uh, I want to thank Brandon Purdue. Thank you, Brandon, for building some crosses. And look, these are strategic because we have the one cross over here. You can see it with all the prayers on it, okay? We have a cross that we said, nail all your prayers to the cross. Well, if you see that cross is pretty full. Uh, but here's what we're doing. We have two now. What's gonna, what it's going to be is over here, um, my left, your right. That's going to be our prayer wall. So I'm going to have prayer written up there. And that's where I, if you have a prayer request, I want you to take the little bit of faith it takes to nail it to that cross so we can pray for it. And then guess what? When God answers that prayer, that's a miracle to you. It might not be a miracle to anybody else, but when God answers your prayer, that's a miracle for you. And this one's going to say miracles. And you're going to transfer it from the prayer wall to the miracle wall so we can see how God's moving in this place all the time. Okay, that's how it's going to be. So right now, my dilemma that I have, is there's a lot of prayers up on that other cross. And I know there's a lot of miracles that took place. Okay, so, so here, here's what I want to do. If you know that you have a prayer up there that needs to stay up there, man, if you want to transfer it or rewrite it and put it on a new cross, <laughs> because uh, what I want to do, uh, we're going to capture those. Okay, here we're going to capture all those. We're going to put them in like a prayer bucket. We're going to keep them. We're going to pray over them. But I want to make sure we get a fresh start. So if you've got to transfer your prayer, that's perfectly fine. If you know you have something that's been answered up there, it doesn't need to be up there anymore, remove it. Go put it on a miracle cross. That's fine. Let, let's start filling up that one. I want to see less here, more there. Less here, more there. That's how it's going to be. So I'm fired up about that. Um, so as we're, as we're in this 21 days of prayer and fast, uh, not only are you praying uh, and fasting, but you're, I know you're praying for specific things in your life. But inside your bulletin, there should be a prayer guide. It's a Destiny Church uh, prayer directive that's in your bulletin. If you didn't get one, you can go to Connection Point, get one from there, take it home. Okay, keep it with you when you pray. That has a list of everything that this church is praying for. So not only do you want to pray for what's going on in your life, I want you to pray as a team, as a church, as a family for what we're expecting to happen in this place. Okay, because when two or more come together, we're praying about the same thing. God says he's going to make that come true. Okay, so that's what, we're, that's what we're gearing for. So please spend some time praying. We're in the 21 days of prayer and fast. And then spend a little bit more time as you're praying. Pull that out and just read through them. Pray over each and every one of those. I don't care if you divide them up. You know, do a couple every day. You find a way, but that's for you. Take it home uh, and definitely uh, uh, pray with our church. And I'm excited because Tuesday night we got to go experience Eddie James. Who had a chance to go? I'm telling you, you missed out. 
Uh, we, we joined up with like five churches, went over to Remnant Church uh, right here in Prattville, and we packed their house. Okay, and Eddie James was in the house. He brought all uh, the Eddie James ministry teens that were there and young adults. Uh, and just to see what, what God's doing in his ministry and how he's reaching the world and changing people, it is phenomenal. But, man, what a night. It was powerful. It was wonderful. You know, we got to establish relationships with many other churches, which, guess what? That's part of our vision. That was our vision for this year. So we're going to do more of that. So we're going to be connecting with other churches, trying to worship and pray with other churches, pray over each other because that's what was happening that night. Pastors got to pray over pastors, and we got to pray over everybody. I'm telling you, it was a phenomenal night out there. And then, look, next time, I got, I got a little word that we might be able to host it right here. Okay, so we're going to invite them to the house and invite other churches to come into the house, and we're going we're gonna to get to do that right here at home. So it's going to be powerful, and I'm excited for that. Whew. Okay, that's enough about all that in my announcements. I guess you guys are ready for the word. Let's pray, and then we'll jump right into it. So, so, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that we get to do this today. We thank you that, that God, uh, that, that the storms came through, Father God, and we thank you that, that Father, for the majority of us, we're safe. And, Fathers, for those, those that, that are injured, those that, that, uh, that are suffering loss right now, Father, we just lift them up to you. We lift their families up to you, Father God. We know you're going to restore it above and beyond what it was originally, God. So we pray for healing. We pray for comfort for those families. And today, God, I just lift up this word to you. Father, fill up my heart. Fill up my just touch my tongue right now, Father God. I just want that whatever comes out of my mouth lands on the ears of those that need to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Woo, so we're in a, a series here. We started it last week called Regroup and Execute. And, and that might change because I might, I might just start flipping stuff around. But Regroup and Execute is where we're at right now. And last week uh, we started discussing Regroup. And as a church, we said we had to regroup. Okay, and a lot of people didn't understand what regroup meant. All it means is we're not retreating. We're taking a step back. We're reorganizing. We're looking at things a little different. We're, we're remembering a lot of things. We're putting things together, giving God what's his, right? And then we're going to seek God more. We're going to push forward. So regrouping means to reorganize for a renewed effort after a short setback, right? Or to recollect one's composure and focus for a renewed effort. So that's what, that's what regrouping means. And we, we dove into that last week. So if you weren't here, you can pick that up online. I'll kind of hit some of the key points we talked about last week because it will tie into this week. So we, we dove into the book of Joshua. We love the book of Joshua. Just got to, he, he had to regroup because he took over after Moses, right? So Moses led him up to, the, up to the promised land but couldn't get him into the promised land. And that's where Joshua, Joshua took over as a leader. You could imagine that over 2.5 million people following Moses. And then Joshua takes over. So you have to regroup. You have to regroup and get uh, surround people together and figure out a game plan and have a vision and have a plan and then execute that plan to get them across the Jordan into the promised land. So regrouping consisted of three things. We talked about them last week, remembering, returning and renewing. Okay, And I told everybody, remember, remember those things that happened in 2019, be it good or bad. Set a memorial in 2019. Let's leave them there. Okay, we're not going to carry what happened in 2019 into 2020. It's too heavy. We don't want that baggage. We don't want that stuff. It stays there. We move on. Even the good stuff. It was good. It was awesome. We got to remember it. That's good. We're not even carrying that because we're going to make room for more, more good things. We're going to make room for God to move in bigger and better ways in 2020. Okay, we said return stuff. Return stuff to God. Okay, return to stuff that, that guess what? He took from you originally and then you took back. He said, give back to me. It wasn't yours to take back. Right. Return to God. So you so what that means, you got to return the authority in, in your the, his authority in your life. Return that back to him. OK, don't worry about what man says. Worry about what God says. OK, then we said we had to renew. We had to renew our minds. Personal holiness. What are you doing personally? What are you doing? Uh, 
that, that you know that you have to get reconnected to God? How's God tugging on your heart and convicting you that, man, you got to stop doing some things that you probably shouldn't be doing? So we, we asked you uh, to renew that. Renew your goals, those things that, that you know, you had goals last year that, that you wrote down. You've probably been chasing them for a while. And because of life and because of everything happening, they just fell off the page, right? But they're not over with. Those goals are not done, okay? Th those were set in stone. So guess what you're going to do? You're going to renew those goals because they weren't set there for you to just forget about them. Okay, renew those goals and move forward in 2020. Renew your aspirations and renew your hunger for God. Okay, so now that we know uh, what regrouping is, and I, I told you how to regroup, I think the biggest thing is understanding how to make that happen. Everybody's like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to redo all those things. It's perfect. How do I do it? Okay, so because I've had a plan before, and most of us had plans before, and you said, I've had plans, and they failed. I've had plans, and it didn't work, right? But here's the thing. I want to teach you today, and we're going to talk today about how to execute that plan, which is a real big problem. It's a big problem in, in doing everything is having a plan. And when you have a plan, the biggest problem is actually sticking to it, right? Sticking to the plan that you put in into play. So in this time of year, it's really uh, famous for, for New Year's resolutions and people coming into New Year saying, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to change my habits. And they say, actually, I was just reading it. Um, and I think, let me, let me quote it right. Who was it? It was Lifehack. I just like Lifehack. Sometimes it pops up. There's some good things on there. But in Lifehack, I don't know how good that is, but Lifehack said, 88% of people that set New Year's resolutions fail. 88%. Okay, why is that? Why is that? And I started looking at that in three, um, three of the top five life hacks. So this is three of the top five. This is what they said was the reason why. One, people don't believe in themselves. Okay, so they're scared. Okay. Second one was they're, they're thinking and not, and not doing. So they're thinking about it, but they're not doing anything about it. And the third thing was, they're in too much of a hurry. There's just so much going on. They want everything so fast. They're moving so fast. There's just not enough. They, 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 they spin out of control. So, so that's what Lifehack says. So three of the top five reasons, and it's funny that I just looked that up this morning. I had already prepared this sermon, and those are actually three of my biggest notes today. So it, it's funny how God's going to connect all these together. So, um, so today I want to help you with 2020, executing your plan and not becoming a statistic. I don't want to be the 88%. I want to be the 12%. I want to make it 13% and 14% and 15%. That's what we want to do. So you have to have a plan. I believe there's actually some people here that, that you had a plan. You thought of something wonderful. You feel that, that you, were, you were guided to it. You knew that it was something positive in your life. You knew you were supposed to do it. And when you thought of it, it might have been two, three years ago. You're still sitting there. It's been two, three years. You haven't even moved on it. You haven't done anything with it. You feel as if God gave you a vision or a goal or a, a passion inside of you. You feel that, that that's how it's working. And guess what? You haven't done anything with it. You're still sitting where you're, suppo where you're not supposed to be sitting, which is still. Right? God says, I need you to get busy. I need you to step out of the boat in faith. So remember, if you can do it on your own, it's not God's. If you can do it on your own, it's not God. He says, I'm going to challenge you to go bigger and bigger. I'm going to challenge you to where you have to lean back. You have to lean on me. You have to give it to me. You're going to ask me to help you through it. That's how you know it's God when it's so big that you can't do it on your own. See, God never intended us for, to say, stay where we're at. He didn't intend for us. He didn't make us this way to sit where we're at. He didn't make you to sit where you're at, doing what you're doing when nobody's looking. He says, I made you better than that. I have bigger goals than you, for you. 
got better things I want to do in your life. I want you to walk in freedom in 2020. I want you to get rid of those things that are, that are tying you down. He says, you're better than this. I made you better than this. But we have to keep moving and doing something about it. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8. Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8. It'll be up on the screen. I'm reading from the, the NLT. It says, when we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, and the coastal plains. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all their descendants. Hmm. So Moses hears from the Lord, and he's trying to tell all the Israelites, it's time to get off the mountain. You've been sitting on the mountain way too long. He told you to move a long time ago, and you have this, this feeling in your heart like you're supposed to do something, but you're stuck on the mountain. And he says, get moving. It's time to move. It's time to move. It's time to move into the promise that God gave them. And for you, it's time to move into the promise that God gave you. But it takes movement. Miracles happen when you move. We just sang that, right? That's what happens. If you sit still, they're not going to happen. You need to move. So some of you have just stayed on the mountain too long. You've been waiting around too long, and now it's time. So why are you still on the mountain? I don't know. You're scared to fail? You're scared because you think you're going to run out of too much money or it might take too long? Well, <laughs> what if it doesn't? <laughs> well, what if God is so ready to bless you abundantly? He's just waiting for you to move. But you're thinking about all the bad what ifs, and God's saying, I've got a better what if. What if you actually move? What if you actually give it to me and allow me to come behind you and go before you and pave the way and just, just follow me and trust in me? What if we just did that? He says, I'm going to bless you abundantly. But we got to move. So how do you get moving? Well, here you go. These are some points for today. The first one, it starts with vision. And I know we did an entire season or series on vision. I really do. I know, I know we did that, but I also believe there's a lot of people in here that you sat through the series and you thought it was a good series and you did nothing with it. And now here we are a couple weeks into the new year. You still haven't wrote a vision down. You still haven't planned anything. You still haven't decided where you're going in 2020. So you need to hear it again. So Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3 from the Amplified. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and engrave it plainly on clay tablets so that the one who reads it will run. For the vision is yet for the appointed future time. It hurries towards the goal of fulfillment. It will not fail. Even though it delays, wait patiently for it because it will certainly come. It will not delay. See, he, he was told by God to write the vision down. And if you read Habakkuk, you'll see that, that they were going through a hard time. They didn't understand why things were happening. Uh, evil was all throughout the land. But either way, he told them to write it down so that people would understand. And if they had something to fall back on. Same thing in your life. If you write your vision down, if you make it clear so you can see it, every time you start doing something in life, you get to fall back on it. And if it doesn't align with the vision, don't do it. Because the same thing's going to happen. You're going to get in this whirlwind, and you're going to say, you know what, I didn't make any progress this year. Why? Because you didn't write it down. You didn't stare at it. You didn't focus on it. 
So to get moving, you have to have a vision for your life written out. Put it in a place where you're going to see it. I don't care if you put it in the bathroom. I don't care if you put it on a mirror, if you put it in your car, if you put it on a refrigerator. I don't care where you put it. Put it somewhere where you can actually see it every single day. So it keeps you focused on what you're here for. If you're just walking out every day aimlessly, you're wasting your time. You have to get busy. You have to write it down. That's the first part of executing your plan is to write the vision down. I know this because, look, okay, we, we, we don't have a laundry room in our house. We have an old house laundry rooms in the hallway. But we have this whole other room that's like 15 by 20 that's in the house. And there's nothing in it but storage stuff, junk. And I told my wife a, long, you know, a couple years ago, I said, baby, I'm going to make that in your laundry room, your craft room. And when I said that, it was fresh on my mind. I was like, I'm going to do it. I went in there. We cleaned everything out. I gutted everything, rewired it. I'm like, man, this thing's ready to go. We're going to move forward. And then life happened. And then I didn't write it down anywhere. I didn't put it up. I shut the door to the room. And life kept happening. And then it became a storage unit again. I opened it the other day. I was like, what happened? I can't even get to the freezer. So it happens to everybody. Look, I'm preaching to myself. It happens to everybody, even with the little things. Write it down. If that was written down, if every time I went to go get a, get a soda or something out of the refrigerator and I saw a fix my laundry room, or if I just woke up one day and had no clothes, <laughs> that would have been a good way to do it. But every day, I'm telling you, if every day you focus on it, if you wake up and you focus on it, if you look at what you're doing in life and you line it up with your vision, that's when things happen. So for you, maybe it's school. Maybe you said, I've been planning on going to school. I need to get a, a higher education. Maybe I need to start a trade school. Maybe I need to do something like that. For may maybe with you, it's, it's hey, I want to move up in my company. I want to do better where I work at. I want to move into management. I don't know what. Maybe it is just getting a job. Either, no matter what your goal is, no matter what your vision is, okay, you, you've got to write it down. You've got to have the vision, and you've got to move towards it. Okay, part of moving is, is writing it down and then executing it. Doing what you're supposed to do. So you got to walk out with purpose and achieve what you set out for. Sometimes the best way to do that, especially if it's something that, that, that you're really passionate about, is find somebody else that's done it. And that's our second point today. You want to help execute your, your vision and your purpose? Find a mentor. Find a mentor. Find somebody in your life. That you, you might that, that, that can guide you and show you what it takes to get there. Find, find somebody who's already at the place you want to be, okay, and tap into the wisdom and knowledge they have from getting there. Look at anybody, anybody that's successful. I don't care if it's in business, sports, uh, church, if it's school, I don't care what it is. You look at people that are successful, Successful, they didn't get there on their own. They got there on the coattails of somebody else. Somebody pulled them along. Somebody poured into their life. Somebody trained them, taught them, walked with them, cared for them. But here's the thing. Good leaders, good leaders will do that. Their job is not to be a good leader and stay there. It's to pull people with them. So I look around this church, and I know we have a ton of good leaders in this church. I know we have people in this church that, that are superior at what they do. Who are you reaching behind and pulling up? So if you're in this church, and guess what? If you're looking for something, if you have a dream or a passion that you know is down the road, but you have to work towards it, man, start here. 
Start in this place and start looking around. This is your family. There's people here that know how to do it. You've got to make that connection. And there's people here that you know how to do it, and guess what? You're not connected. You're not in small groups, so you don't know everybody. You're not doing what God's asking you to do. You're not moving into it. You don't have all that stuff. You're not a leader just to hang on to it. Okay, so you have to start. I don't care if that leads to a small group. Maybe we have a leadership small group. I don't know what that is. But if you're really good at something, start bringing people alongside you. Look at the young people that are out there trying to do what you do. And pull them aside. Bring them with you. I remember this because when I was in the military, um, I worked for a civilian. He's a retired colonel. And he was the retired colonel, and he was a civilian, but he was the deputy director of our maintenance group, which means that the group consisted of 1,500 people and 52 airplanes. And he was the deputy director. He was probably like the second most, the second highest position in the maintenance group. And I was picked to go work with him for three years. I was his personal assistant. And I got to spend every day with him. I got to go to every meeting with him. I got to walk, his name was Norm Moore. So Norm, if you're watching, I love you. Um, I got to walk side by side with him. He quizzed me every day. I watched him ask questions. I watched him just work crazy things. I'm like, how do you know all these things? He had 40 years of experience, and I got to sit beside him for three years. When I left that position, they sent me down to a squadron, which we had two squadrons in our group. They each had 750 people and 26 airplanes. And they said, I need you to go down and manage the maintenance there. You're going to be in charge of that. But when I went back down, you know what? It was easy. You know why? Because I know what they're thinking. I knew what everybody above me was thinking. I was already acting at that level. So everything to me at that level, guess what I did? I made great leaders beneath me. Why? Because I had great leadership in my life. But I knew all the answers, and it worked out. I was like, man, this is the easiest thing. And I saw other squadrons failing, and I'm like, I don't know what you're doing. I'm just doing what I was taught to do. I knew the question. But why? I had to surround myself around people that were better than me. People that so, so that's how it works. You've got to put yourself around people that are better than you. Find somebody that's willing to mentor you. Find somebody. Find somebody that's doing what you want to do. Make it formal if you need to. Ask them out to dinner. Take them to dinner. You know, question them. Throw a million questions at them. Ask them everything you can. I don't, you want to pay them? Pay them. It's funny. When you pay for something, you value it a little bit more. So if you need to pay them, pay them. Who cares? Spend time with people that you want to be like. Here's the thing. If, if the leader you're looking for is, is, is such at a high position that you can't get to them because they're really good, like I can think of people like uh, leadership-wise. I don't know, John Maxwell. Everybody knows that name. John Maxwell is a phenomenal leader. He does leadership conferences. He writes a million books. I'm probably not going to get lunch with him. Not saying it can't happen, but, but you know, I, I'm probably not that level on the totem pole. But guess what I can do? I can go to conferences where he's speaking. I can read his books. Guess what? You want to get into a leader's mind, read their book because their mind is in their book. So it's an easy way to get mentored. Podcast, driving in and out of work, driving to and from church. Guess what? Spend your quiet time. Spend that time where you just bebopping the music, right, and throw on some quality stuff where you're actually learning as you're going. That's how you're going to grow in leadership. So Joshua was Moses' aide. This is what I love. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He was with him everywhere, everywhere. If you go to Exodus 33.11, Exodus 33.11, it says, Inside the tent of meeting, 
the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Could you imagine that? I'm just going to stop right there. The Lord speaking to you face to face like a friend. They said the cloud would come over and, and cover it, and the Lord would just speak to him. Uh, that's just pretty powerful right there. So as one speaks to a friend, afterwards, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in a tent of meeting. Joshua would remain behind and Moses would leave. See, here's what I love about Joshua. Joshua had a front row seat to Moses' communication with God and how Moses translated that and how he, how he worked that into everybody around him, all the leaders in, in, of the Israelites, everybody he communicated down to. Moses had a front row seat. I can imagine Moses sitting there with his tablet, or I'm sorry, Joshua with his tablet going, all right, God said this, Moses said that, all right, um, okay, okay, Moses did that well, like, to-do list, to do that, no, Moses, that probably wasn't so good, like, don't do that anymore type thing. I can see Joshua sitting there just going, man, this is phenomenal. I get to hang out with Moses and God. But that's what he had access to. That's what he had access to. He watched Moses take the word of God and apply it to his people. What I love, it says, like I said, Joshua's in the tent. It said Joshua, son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of the meeting. To remain means to stay in the place that one has been occupying, which means he was there in the tent, okay? He was there in the tent. So when Moses left, he just stayed. So I wonder how many times Joshua has stayed and God just showed up and said, hey, your turn's coming. Be prepared. You're doing all the right things. You're listening to the right people. You're taking notes, okay? You're talking to the right person, okay? Be ready. Your time's coming. I wonder how many times that happened. Because you stay in a tent for a reason. I'm thinking if Joshua's just sitting there going, come on back, Lord. <laughs> like, can I have a little bit of your time? Just a little bit. So I heard it this way, that because Joshua was the Moses of his generation. So I guess, I guess to become the Moses of your generation, right, you need to listen to the Moses of the pre previous generation, right? So it's good to get around people who've done what you want to do good to be there because wisdom comes from other people if you seek out their knowledge but here's the thing don't just seek out their knowledge seek out a relationship find people that you can go to no matter what that are going to pour in your life and make time for you so put yourself around people you want to be like in other words show me your friends i'll show you your future so where are you going what are you trying to do where are you heading in life and the last thing Write this down, is you need to lean on God's word. You need to lean on God's word. You know, there are over 5,000 promises in God's word, over 5,000 promises. Stuff like he's absolutely trustworthy, he's unchanging, he has the power and, power and will to fulfill his promises. So here's what I want you to do, find a promise and lean on it. Find a promise that applies to what you're going through and what you're trying to do. Memorize it and lean on it. And every time you think you hit a brick wall, go back to the promise. Because what are God's promises? Yes and amen. Go back to his promises. Find a promise that applies to you. Joshua 1, 1 through 5. 
It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Come on, uh, what a promise. He, said, he says, I promise you what I promised Moses. So God promises the land to Joshua. He says, I promise you this. But here's what else he gives them, boundaries. But I like why he gives them boundaries. See, he gives them a huge space. You know what scholars say? Scholars say that when they crossed the Jordan, the Israelites only took a small portion of what God promised them. Isn't that good to know that, that God has so much more for you that you're only using part of it? And God says, I want to give you all of it. And you're not even capable of getting what I'm trying to give you. Because that's what he told them. I want to give you all this land. And they were only capable of taking just a little bit. So God wants to bless you abundantly. So I don't know where you're at in, in life. And if you think you've already succeeded, if you think you've already done enough, if you already think you're at that level, here's what, here, here's, here's what I believe. Look, at, if you're not dead, God's not done. So if you think that you, you've retired now, you're no longer in leadership, you're no longer doing those things, guess what? Now it's time to reach down and pull people up and start leading people and start mentoring people and start, start building people up to where you were at. So you're not done. You just have a different role. As long as we're on this earth, we're supposed to be working towards him, what he wants us to do. And if you're like me, unfortunately, I want everything right now. I want stuff done right now. <laughs> I want God to move right now. I want to see results right now. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And that becomes a problem. Because I will go all in. And, and I get so focused on, on vision and all that stuff, I'm going 100 miles an hour and I'm spinning out of control sometimes. Because I'm trying to maintain my family life. I'm trying, trying to maintain church and, and relationships. And I'm trying to focus on the vision. I'm trying to do everything. And I'm spinning out of control. And I feel like I've lost all. I'm unbalanced sometimes. Why? Because I'm seeking it so much, and I, and I want results. So if you tell me what I need to do, I'm going to do it. And some of you might be dealing with the same stuff. I kind of related to having, like, vertigo. That's what I started thinking about. And vertigo, if you, if you know what that is, it means you start spinning, you get dizzy, you can't see straight, and you get unbalanced. So when I started thinking about that, I said, man, that's kind of that's good. Well, how do you, how do you fix vertigo? I don't know. So what I did is I went to WebMD, where I go to find everything out. I said, how do you fix vertigo? Now, this is the cool part, and this is, you can even look it up. This is the cool part. I was reading about it, WebMD. First step when you have vertigo to get out of the dizziness, to get out of all that, to stay balanced, it says, kneel down and look up at the ceiling. Second step, it says, touch the floor with your head, tucking your chin so your head goes towards your knees. So imagine this. This is what they're saying. When life's spinning out of control, and you think you're losing it all, 
like, how do I stay focused, God, when I'm trying to maintain everything? Go to WebMD. <laughs> it says, get on your knees and look at the ceiling. And if that doesn't work, it says, get on your knees. Tuck your chin and put your head to the floor. And when you're in this, when you're at this level, God is so good when you're here. When you get in his presence, in this position, he moves. When you're still, see, the goal is to beat vertigo, you have to be still. And when God, when you're doing so much that you're spinning out of control and you're chasing God with everything you have, he says, just kneel down and be still in my presence and wait to hear from me. That's what he says. If you've never liked WebMD before, it was good for that. But you have to be still enough, still long enough to hear from God. Lean on his promises. He's a faithful and trustworthy God. So when you're trying to execute your plan in your vision in 2020, even for your life, do everything you can to trust God. Do everything you can. Put it this way. I guess the better way to say is you do everything you can do and trust God to do everything he can do. But if you're not doing everything you can do to reach your vision, don't expect God to come pull you out. He says you've got a job. Do everything you can do. Do everything you can do and allow me to do the rest. Don't wait to be the change. Be the change. You have to move. You have to get off the mountain and you have to move. So this year as a church and as individuals, it's time to go from great intentions to great activity. That's what we're going to do, from great intentions to great activity. So it's not, hey, I, I want to go to the gym. It's actually go to the gym. Or I want to eat right. Actually buy the right food. Start eating right. Do something different. You have to move into what you want. Not that, that I want to get closer to God. Well, guess what? Start praying and reading the Bible and worshiping and praising God. You want to get closer to him. So let's start doing something and not just thinking about it. Let's actually be the new wineskin that God wants to pour the new wine in. Wouldn't that be nice? So last week, I asked you to recommit to some things this year. I asked you to recommit to making attending church a priority in your life. I asked you to recommit to serving and attending small groups and men's and women's ministries. I asked you to recommit to personal and daily time and reading the word and praying. I ask you to recommit to personal holiness. There are things you feel convicted about in your heart that you need to stop doing. I ask you to recommit to accelerating the vision of this church through giving so we can advance the gospel. So this week, I want to add a few more. I want you to write your vision. Put it somewhere where you won't miss it. Write it down. Put it somewhere. Find a mentor that can help you achieve what you're striving for. Seek them out. Make time to find somebody. And guess what? If you can be the mentor, start pulling people up. Look for people that are trying to do what you already know how to do. Extend a hand and pull them up with you. And the third thing is memorize some promises of God that pertain to your situation. Memorize it. Memorize his word and start leaning on it. Amen. Come on, let's stand to our feet. 
Come on, we serve a great and powerful God. I'm telling you. Come on, we, we serve a better God than that. <laughs> there you go. That, that's more like the God we serve. Oh, man. Whew. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, I know there's people here that are ready to get off the mountain and take steps into doing what they're called to do. There's people who are trying to do everything on their own, and you can't do it. They're not seeking a mentor. There are people here who would be great mentors, but they're, they're not extending a hand. They're not helping people up. They're not involved enough. They're not making time. And there are people who just need to lean on God's promises. So I don't know which one you fall into if you fall in any of those categories, but, but I want to pray with you real quick as a church. So if that's you and this is resonating in your heart, can you just raise your hand so I can see the hands? Oh, I see them. I see them all over the church. Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Father, you see the hands in this place. You see the hearts, Lord, of those that, that know they have to start moving, God. They have to get off the mountain, Father. They got to make the steps. Father God, you see the ones that, that need to, to seek out a mentor and those that, that need to start mentoring people, God. See those that need to memorize, Father, and, and start, start focusing on the promises you gave us. So God, I ask you to give them the courage today. Give them the courage to step out. Give them the courage to move forward. Father, I just ask you to, to meet them where they're at, Lord. Remind them how important they are and how important their, their purpose is here on earth. God, I just want you to move in their lives like you never have before. Bring favor upon them, God. Mm. I know there's people here. Man, you're two weeks into the year and you still don't know your father. You still don't know your Lord. So today's the day. Don't go any further. Don't leave out of here today without having an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. To surrender your life to him. So if that's you and you say, you know what, I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I can't do this on my own anymore. I need you in my life. Can you do me a favor? I want to pray with you, but we're not going to call you out. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Just raise your hand so I can see your hand in this church. Anybody here want to know Jesus for the first time, first time in a long time? Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we're going to say this as a church, and if you say this for the first time or first time in a long time, do me a favor and fill out a connect card. Let us know you said this so we can reach out to you and show you the next steps. We have baptism next week. So if you haven't signed up for baptism, now's the time to sign up for it. We want to make sure we can honor you next week for our baptism. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I need you. I've kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do this on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's get excited this morning. So don't forget if you said that prayer, we have resources for you. 
We are a church that believes in giving, and now before we leave, I'm going to pray over our offering, and I'm going to bless us for the week. We do have the ushers at each door. Um, you can also give online. You can give on your app. You can give in the kiosk in the foyer. But, man, I just believe that, that God wants to do abundantly more. And sometimes it takes more. Sometimes it takes us just being faithful and trusting God in what we have and saying, God, thank you for this, and I'm going to give this back to you, Lord. And then just watch him show up. <laughs> just watch him show up. He says, he says you got to take a step of faith. He goes, trust me, and I'll show you what I can do with it. Because I can do a whole bunch more with a little bit you give to me than you can do with all the rest. All right? So today, as we get prepared to, rece to, to, to receive offering, let's just pray together. Let's just clear our heart. Father, we just thank you, God. We love you, Lord. I thank you for today. I thank you for everybody in this church, and I ask you to bless them this week, Father God. Father, allow them to, to, to build a vision, God. Allow them to write it down. Allow them to, to, Father, seek a mentor. Father, I ask you to bless them this week. Put, put people in front of them that only you could put in front of them, Lord. Give them opportunities to step out in faith and do bigger and better things, God. And then nudge them, Lord, when it comes time to step out. So, Lord, protect them this week. Guide them this week, Lord. And, Father, we lift up an offering to you. Father, we give it to you, Lord. You know how you're going to use it. You know what you're going to do with it. Father, we just thank you that we get the honor to give to you, that we get to do this, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for everything we do. We thank you uh, for what you're doing in our life, what you're doing in our church. I ask you to bless this gift and bless the giver in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Let's get excited. You guys have a blessed week. We're going to have the prayer team come down front. If you need prayer, we have our prayer partners up here. Come get prayer before you leave. We look forward to seeing you all again next week.